0: Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. It's Tuesday, February 28, 2017, and I'm your host, Arielle Taylor, with my co-hosts Lavendar and Anastasia. Well, we have only two spots left for our March Starseed Quest, and the May Quest is now full. The Starseed Gathering is a sole family reunion in Arkansas, and eligibility requires having at least one star marking at galactic degree, which is 25, 26, or 27 degrees of any sign. This is a new four-day event redesigned to bring all starseeds to their next level of activation in the most powerful crystal energy on the planet. If you feel the call of the crystals and a desire to reunite with your Starseed family, you can still register for our Spring Equinox Athena's Birthday Gathering, which is March 17th through the 20th, and email crystals, that is plural, C-R-Y-S-T-A-L-S, at starseedhotline.com. We have two wonderful Starseed ladies with us tonight, Sarah Baldwin and Ashley Verkamp. Both of them were there with us for our Crystal Quest to Arkansas in May of 2014 when they were in the beginning stages of creating the Herbal Healing Deck. Sarah Baldwin is an herbalist and author from the woods of Indiana who seeks to share the healing power of nature with others. Her articles have been featured in various online and print publications including Plant Healer Magazine and The Herbarium. Ashley Verkamp is an artist who was raised in rural southern Indiana, where she was inspired by the beauty of the natural world. She runs her own illustration and design studio, and through her creative work, endeavors to bring light and healing onto the planet. Together, Sarah and Ashley created the Herbal Healing Deck, an earthy and mystical oracle deck invoking the spirits of medicinal plants for guidance and healing. Each of the 48 cards features a visionary archetypal depiction of a healing plant, while the accompanying guidebook offers rich information on the plant's uses, folklore, and messages. It's designed to help people connect deeply with the magic of the green world. Sarah and Ashley, we're delighted to have you with us tonight, and we're all very proud of your accomplishment. You can learn more about the deck and its creators at www.herbalhealingdeck.com we'd like to thank Jada and Tammy for hosting the switchboard tonight for those who may have a comment or question and uh, Vanya, spring does come even in Canada so stay warm girl, we have an online starseed community at starseedhotline.ning.com and it's a safe place to connect with other starseeds thanks to Tammy's dedication and help with our forum You can download our shows on iTunes or right here on Blog Talk Radio. If you'd like to show your support of our program, please click follow on our page here at Blog Talk and you'll get our weekly show notice. The toll-free number for StarseedHotline.com is 888-881-0881. The Stage 1 Starseed confirmations are based on Lavendar's discovery of star markings and your natal astrological chart – And the Stage 2 session is a one-on-one phone session available with Lavendar, Anastasia, or myself. Now, for those who need healing of any kind, whether for yourself or your pets, Tammy's very powerful remote sessions will make a difference. And if you have a birthday coming up, don't miss out on your 10 hours of power you can find out when it happens by requesting your solar return timing, and if you do want an interpretation of that chart, please order about two or three months ahead of time, because we do have a waiting list. So first this evening, I would like to introduce Anastasia with her ever-popular Starseed News.
1: Good evening, Arielle. Good evening, Lavendar, everybody out there. It's great to be with you again. Hey, how are you doing? It's just great. I'm fine. I'm happy to be here with you, and we've got some news to cover. We have an incoming solar wind. Uh, Spaceweather.com is telling us that a canyon-shaped hole in the sun's atmosphere is spewing a stream of solar wind toward Earth. Polar geomagnetic storms could begin as early as today, while NOAA forecasters estimate a 60% chance of G1-class storms tomorrow. And... Tonight, when the sun goes down, those of you who are still in the central to Pacific time zones and beyond, uh, step outside and look west. The uh, the skinny crescent moon is approaching Venus for a side-by-side gathering this last day in the month of February. That's going to be really pretty, so take a peek at sunset. Well, SpaceX says it will fly two people to the moon next year. SpaceX said uh, yesterday that it will fly two people to the moon next year, a feat not attempted since NASA's Apollo mission half a century ago. Now, as you all know, tech billionaire Elon Musk owns SpaceX, and he announced the surprising news after launching his first rocket from NASA's moon pad. Now, two people, this is how the story goes, you guys, two people who know one another, approached SpaceX about sending them on a week-long flight just beyond the moon, and this is according to Musk. Now, he won't identify the pair or the price tag. He said they've already paid a significant deposit and are very serious about it. Now, if all goes as planned, it could happen as close to the 50th anniversary of NASA's first manned flight to the moon uh, that happened uh, with Apollo 8. Now, Musk says he doesn't have permission to release the passengers' names, and he was hesitant to even say if they were men, women, or even pilots. He would only admit that it's nobody from Hollywood. Now, the paying passengers (laughs) would make a long loop around the moon, skimming the lunar surface and then going well beyond perhaps 300,000 or 400,000 miles uh, altogether in their trip. Now, it's about 240,000 miles to the moon one way and they say that the mission would not involve a lunar landing. Now, this California-based SpaceX has its site ultimately set on Mars. SpaceX is also working on a so-called Red Dragon, meant to fly to Mars around 2020 with experiments but no people and actually land on the surface of the planet. His ultimate goal is to establish a human settlement on Mars. 2020, that's only three years away, guys. And there's a related article, by the way. Elon Musk is promising his factory workers the fun life. He wrote in a company email that he wants, a, a work, wants people to work in an environment that is it is safe, fair, and fun as possible, which he is planning to include in his amenities, free frozen yogurt for his employees, and roller coasters. <laughs> <laughs> so, wow, wild. This guy's wild. Okay, well, we've had, uh, I know some people, by the way, in Reykjavik, Iceland, and uh, they're having record-breaking snowfall right now. They have had record-breaking amounts of snow in the city of Reykjavik in Iceland last night. The snow in the capital peaked at 21 feet, and only once in history has this been topped when the snowfall in the city reached 22 feet in January 1937. Now, the roads are closed and school have been shut. So we're probably going to email our friends in Reykjavik and see how they're doing in all of that. Twenty-one feet of snow. Well, and in Massachusetts, they had the first-ever February tornado. It was an F-1 tornado, packed winds up to 110 miles per hour. It slammed into the tiny town of Conway, Massachusetts. The twister was so powerful that it cut a five-mile path, ripped roofs off houses, and left at least one person injured. Now, according to the uh, National Weather Service, they said that this was a highly unusual occurrence. In fact, there has never been a tornado during the month of February since official tornado statistics have been kept, dating all the way back to 1950. And at Guatemala, the Fuego volcano uh, is demonstrating increased activity. It continues with constant, moderate explosions, ejecting columns of ash and smoke, up to about 16,000 feet. The explosive ejection of incandescent fragments of new viscous lava is falling from the crater and the eruptive behavior is producing uh, constant strong quakes. And here's an interesting story Mm. if one stops to think about it. Um, I once wrote an article about how Galileo was persecuted by the Vatican for his scientific discoveries in a time when that was a an offense public, uh, um, um, that would require a death penalty. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, we are having uh, an interesting thing going on in the Vatican right now, and uh, it's about mass extinction events. You know, one in five species already, one in five, think about that, already face extinction on our planet, according to these reports. They say that population growth projections are bewildering and climate change shows few, if any, signs of abating. Now, leading biologists, ecologists, and economists from around the world are meeting to tackle the problem in the Vatican of all places. There, they're going to discuss the impending mass extinction event that faces our planet. They're going to address it and try to come up with some possible solutions. One professor quoted in relation to this conference at the Vatican uh, told this reporter, not me, the reporter I'm getting this from, he said, quote, By the beginning of the next century, we face the prospect of losing half of our wildlife. The extinctions we face pose an ever greater threat to civilization than climate change for the simple reason they will be irreversible. And furthermore, the article went on to say that water scarcity may cause conflict, and the whole globe may be on its way to a great g- world war over water. According to Pope Francis, who was warned about that himself, he said that the situation over water is very urgent. He said, the right to water is essential for the survival of persons and, the decis- and is decisive for the future of humanity. Now, he said this during a meeting with these experts. Uh, they were participating in this uh, uh, conference at the pontifical academy of sciences anyway the pope added all people have a right to safe drinking water i ask if in this piecemeal third world war that we are living through right now are we not going toward a greater world war over water so the vatican is rolled up its sleeves and this is what they're doing and you know if you listen to the media in the united states you don't hear any news everybody knows that just a bunch of talking heads going over the same things again and again and again, Uh, mm, fiddling while democracy is struggling. Well, this is an article out of the Wichita Eagle. Um, It starts like this. Now, I'm not going to give you the headline. I'll let you figure out the story as I go along. It reads, uh, the door to the survival condo closes, sending a resounding thud through the concrete parking garage those inside this condo have surrounded themselves with walls 9 feet thick they're ready to withstand a nuclear explosion the eruption of Yellowstone supervolcano, or maybe an outbreak of some terrible disease what am I talking about the underground condos for the elite that are built in Kansas the, uh, built from the um, nuclear missile silos I'm sure you've all heard about that Well, the project manager and owner of this, what he calls the Luxury Survival Condo Project, says he feels safer with the doors closed. He said he sold all 12 luxury condos in the former Atlas missile silo, which once housed a nuclear warhead, and that's just about two hours north of Wichita. He's working now to build a second silo, which is no wonder since he sold out 12 of them, and they sold for a price of approximately $3 million. Uh, for a 1,800-square-foot one. If you would have to like a 900-square-foot little apartment condo, it would cost you only $1.5 Now, he says that survival is a unifying cause for all of his residents. He said that the owners come from a variety of political beliefs and include people in international business, architecture, law, and medicine. Now, he also said the owners don't do interviews, and efforts to reach them by the newspaper were unsuccessful. So... If you can afford it, you can buy a nice apartment in a missile silo. <laughs> well, here's some news about Amazon and smart devices that I wanted to share with you. You know, we've talked about that before on this program, and uh, now we're faced with something going on in the legal world that, uh, uh, remember I talked to you about smart, smart TVs recording Samsung right. smart TV last week? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, this is kind of a case in point. Uh, Arkansas, the government of Arkansas, is setting a a dangerous precedent. Arkansas prosecutors want to force Amazon to release their Echo device audio data. Prosecutors in Arkansas are attempting to set this precedent by forcing Amazon to release audio that was gathered by their Echo device. And since its June 2015 release civil liberties activists have been concerned with the dangers associated with amazon's echo device because why the device records audio automatically echo is capable of voice interaction and providing weather traffic and other real-time information while it records everything that it can hear well the device is part of a growing trend uh... Towards the uh, smart devices and appliances, which are themselves a part of the move towards smart homes and a completely interconnected digital smart grid. Now, this smart grid, sometimes known as the Internet of Things, is meant to describe a future where all smart devices, computers, phones, Amazon's Echo, smart washers and dryers, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, are constantly listening and watching. These smart devices will be connected within your home if you're dumb enough to buy them, as well as to other users' devices across the globe. Think about that. My washing machine connected to somebody's washing machine in Sri Lanka. But this vision of a totally connected grid of digital devices is ripe for manipulation. Experts have spoken out about this. It's uh, ripe for surveillance by both corporate entities who sell them and the governments that believe it is their right to access the public's most private details. Well, now, this volatile situation is now becoming a reality with this recent Arkansas case involving a murder suspect and the possibility that the Amazon Echo may contain valuable evidence. So there you have it. I'm not going to give you the details of the crime, But that's what's going on with the uh, problematic nature of devices that listen, record uh, data from your personal and private uh, environment and uh, sell that information as well as deliver it into the hands of who knows who. Well, this is a really upbeat article and a really cool article from our, our Starseed listener, Emily, in Australia, bless her heart. Thank you, Emily. haven't heard from you in a while, and I greatly appreciate this. I love all of you and miss hearing from some of you. But Emily passed this along to me, and it's great. It's about uh, old microbes that have been found in a Mexican crystal cave. A population of microbes that are tens of thousands of years old has been discovered in a place called hell. Literally, they call it hell. It's so deep into the earth. It's a cave way down deep into the earth. And the extraordinary microorganisms were found trapped in crystal in a volcanically heated Mexican cave system where the temperatures reach 140 degrees Fahrenheit. No wonder they call it hell. Not only is it hot, but it's deep, deep underground. Now, they explored five chambers at the Nika mine in Chihuahua. Chihuahua. Now, some of them are believed, some of these microorganisms and crystals, are believed to have been there for more than 60,000 years and were shut off from light and oxygen and obtained their energy to survive from minerals. Now, scientists have been unable to classify 90% of these microorganisms but some of them could not many of them could not be matched with any other microorganisms cataloged in available databases. What do you know about that? Mm. Now the microbes were contained in small water filled pockets within these sparkling white crystals, some of which were five meters long and a meter wide. A scientists wore all covering spacesuits to protect them from the heat and allow them to breathe. But between you and me I think it'd probably be a good idea when you're dealing with ancient microbes to to uh, protect yourself uh, for those reasons as well. Well, what they've been doing, and, uh, you know, I don't know what to think about this, but they've uh, done experiments to see if these weird little bugs could be cultured, and uh, they were partly successful. You know, they're trying to culture them, see how they live, see how they grow, see how they multiply. Anyway, these experiments are uh, teaching them that the bacteria can survive in an environment where there's no organic food as we understand it. The bacteria survives by eating inorganic minerals and compounds. Is that wild? That's like life on another planet. And they're actually comparing that to, you know, we go to another planet we might not uh, find life as we know it, but certainly very likely life in this type of form. And it raises all kinds of questions. Um, One of the scientists that was interviewed said that this may have very well been how life on Earth started. um, You know, in that manner. So... Well, a new study finds that a fasting diet can regenerate one's pancreas. That's a brand-new U.S. study, and don't run out and start this, by the way, okay? But a new U.S. study has found that a major organ, the pancreas, can be triggered to regenerate itself through a type of fasting diet. They say that this could be a potential benefit to those with diabetes. This new study has looked at mice who were engineered to have diabetes, mean, cruel, but... Anyway, they engineered these mice to have uh, diabetes and a damaged pancreas. Then the mice were put on a modified form of the fasting mimicking diet, which is similar to the popular human form of diet where a person spends five days on a low-calorie, low-protein, low-carbohydrate diet coupled with a high, unsaturated fat diet. Well, the experimental outcome was that the controlled diet led to the pancreas recovering. In essence, the diet reboots the body. Now, the reason why the new study is potentially important is because restoring the function of the organ that helps control blood sugar uh, leads to the reversal of diabetes, of course. say Remember, this is based on animal experiments, and a future study will look at the effects on humans. Uh, So there you go. Uh, The article did say that uh, people shouldn't attempt this uh, without seeking medical advice, but you know, actually, I know a lot of people (laughs) who purify themselves that way, uh, and they don't have to get a doctor's permission to do it. But interesting, isn't it, that uh, it's sort of science's way of admitting that perhaps uh, stopping processed foods, sugars, um, things that we normally eat in our Western life that aren't good for us, if we eat nutritious foods and reverse our ways, that our body can repair itself. That's how I read that experiment and that test. And they've come up with a gene therapy, you guys, to fight blood cancer and it has succeeded in a major study. Uh, this experimental gene therapy turns a patient's own blood cells into cancer killers. It has worked in a major study. They said more than one-third of very sick lymphoma patients um, uh, got better six months after a single treatment, and all 82% of the patients had their cancer shrink by at least half at some point in the study. Now, their concern is at how long the treatment will last and what side effects it might have, The therapy is not without risk. Three of the 101 patients in the study died of causes uh, they think might might have been caused by the treatment itself. And uh, more GMO foods coming your way. The United States has approved three types of genetically engineered potatoes. These potatoes have been genetically engineered to resist the uh, mold that caused the Irish potato famine, and they say that they are safe for the environment and safe to eat. Uh, the U.S. Uh, EPA and the U.S. FDA, Food and Drug Administration, gave permission last week to plant the potatoes this spring and sell them in the fall. So the company says the potatoes uh, will also reduce, reduce, uh, have reduced bruising. They won't have as many black spots, and they will last on your countertops a lot longer. They won't rot. And uh, the Federal Appeals Court has rejected egg labeling. This was a lawsuit that came before uh, the court. This happened in San Francisco. Uh, The Federal Appeals Court rejected this lawsuit that sought uh, egg producers uh, to put labels on egg cartons that would indicate the conditions in which the chickens were raised. And the the court ruled that uh, several federal agencies had already acted reasonably in rejecting the labeling regulations, in other words, turning down the appeal. The plaintiffs are two animal advocacy groups and egg consumers. Well, they wanted the cartons to bear the terms free-range eggs, cage-free eggs, or eggs from caged hens. And these people are arguing that eggs from caged hens are nutritionally inferior and carry a greater risk of salmonella contamination. Well, the USDA said that evidence for those claims was not persuasive. The general counselor for one of the plaintiffs said that the group would continue fighting against misleading egg carton claims and images. And apparently fake organics are flooding the American food market. Organic corn experts from Turkey uh, to the U.S. have exploded organic corn exports from Turkey. Our imports of organic corn from Turkey are on, the, are on the rise. Now, compared to the same six-month time period in 2015, the dollar value of organic corn imports from Turkey uh, has increased by 500%. And we are getting soy imports from Turkey, organic soy, uh, in that same period, and it has increased an astounding 3,600%. But unfortunately... There is a very good chance, according to this article, that millions of bushels of corn and soy aren't actually organic at all because Turkey's organic industry has major problems. Uh, Between 2012 and 2015, there were a bunch of reports that found widespread fraud and unapproved production methods in organic products either directly from Turkey or maybe routed through that country after it originated elsewhere. So... um, Other countries, such as Canada and certain European countries, are um, decertifying uh, the Turkish certifier of organic products, saying that uh, they are fraudulent, that they are saying things are organic when they aren't. And we might ask, why are the regulators in other countries uh, decertifying their Turkey's organic uh, products when the United States does nothing? But there it is. So read the labels. If something says organic and it's come from turkey, you might want to be aware that turkey has had some difficulties in um, authentic organic labeling. Okay? Well, this article comes from Info, and it's really fascinating. How many of you know what cymatics means? I didn't. No. I'll bet some of you do. I'll bet some of of our starseed knows what it is. Cymatics is the science of visible sound, and it's just taken a giant leap into the future. Uh, It has profound implications, they say, for medical science, such as treating with sound. Now, there's something called the cymoscope, which is a new type of scientific instrument. It will make sound visible and allow scientists to see sound's vibrations. Now, within the instrument, the surface of pure water... Uh, offers a kind of super sensitive membrane and by imprinting sounds onto the water surface unique patterns of sound energy are created for every unique sound so they're saying that just as the invention of the microscope and the telescope revealed aspects of the world and the universe that people didn't even know existed they say the cymoscope will, once, will allow the once hidden realm of sound to become visible and since everything in the universe is in a state of vibration A tool that shows the structures within sound and vibration can provide important new insights into the nature of reality that we cannot see, and which many starseeds are already well familiar with. They use the frequency of sound.
0: Can I interject here?
1: Yes, please do. Um,
0: uh, About a year and a half ago, two of the people at the starseed quest, um, the two Kathy's, you know who you are, girls, um, had a sound recording of my singing and they had that done i didn't know it was called cymatics um, but i've got three um prints of my voice of <laughs> the sound of my singing on a particular song so yeah That's, you can see it it's it's incredible
1: that your your voice is so beautiful Ariel, and you carry such a Healing angelic frequency, I would love to see that. Um, I can only imagine what that must look like on water. How cool is that? Well, after this, you know this time period has passed. now you know what it is,
2: <laughs> and it,
1: it's called cymatics, and it 's coming out into the open, and uh, it's becoming more prevalent and prevalent. and I mean, you know, the sound waves don 't lie. I'm sure that uh, the beauty of their formation reflects the beauty of your voice and the healing nature of your voice. That's really wonderful. That's cool. Well, it, was
0: a wonderful, it was a wonderful gift, very thoughtful, very unique. Well, yes,
1: very <laughs> unique. i think
0: send them to you. Yeah. Yes,
1: please do. I'd love to see that. Well, that's all for tonight's news. I've taken long enough. It's going to be a great show tonight. And uh, as for me, I want to give all of you love from my heart. You all have a beautiful week, and we'll gather again together next week in this fast-paced, fast-changing world and find out what else is happening out there. So for now, I'm going to turn it back over to you, Arielle.
0: Okay, Anastasia. Well, thank you so much for bringing us the Star State News. And um, <clears throat> at this point, I am going to... It's like oh, a lot of people on the switchboard tonight. Whoa! <laughs> oh, Chris, wonderful. So I'm looking for... There's Lavendar. I'm get your mic open first. And um, let's see. And then we have Sarah and Ashley... Let me get the mic open here. Oh, right. Okay, Sarah and Ashley, welcome, welcome, welcome. It's wonderful to have you um, and your wonderful work with us tonight.
2: Awesome. Thank you, Arielle. It's awesome
0: to be here. We're so happy to be here. Well, this is great. Lavender. I'm going to let you take the lead here.
3: Okay. Well, girls, I am so proud of this herbal healing book and the cards that go with it. And I'm totally fascinated with the different faces that you put on there. I, I I don't know how to describe it to our audience about the faces, but they absolutely made me smile and giggle, and they have such a, a ET flair to to it. And at the same time, it embraces the the herbs. So welcome, girls.
2: Hmm. Thank you, Lavendar. Yeah, thanks for having us.
3: Well, you know, when you were at the Quest and you were talking about doing this, and I told you at the time, I said, well, when you get this uh, finished, you know, send them to us so we can have you on the show. So here you are, and you've done it. I'm so proud of you. So <laughs> how are we going to do this? I-, I need to know which one is Ashley and which one is Sarah. So um,
4: this Sarah, is let's Sarah start talking right now. <laughs> okay. And this is Ashley talking.
3: Okay, so let, let's let's talk to Sarah first. Sarah, uh, tell us a little bit about how you um, came about uh, drawing. You, you did draw these, didn't you? No, no. Ashley drew them. You wrote you wrote the um, the verbiage, right?
2: That's right. Mm-hmm.
3: So tell us how this came about.
2: Okay, um, so just a little bit about me. Um, I'm a writer with a background in herbalism, and I have just had a lifelong interest in plants and in nature. Um, I grew up out in a rural area that's really forested, and you know we live in the heartland here in Indiana, so there's a ton of medicinal plants available. And um, I just spent a lot of time in nature when I was a child and just had this deep knowing that nature was magical. That was my impression as a kid. Um, so I've studied plants you know, healing plants, medicinal plants, for 10 years now, and that started with, um, you know, kind of on a, on a whim, I took a, a wildflowers and wild edibles class in college, my last semester of college, and, you know, that taught me some field identification and botany and things like that, um, and that really kind of started my journey. Um, I did a lot of self-study and taught myself how to garden. I started my own little cottage business making herbal products for several years, worked on organic farms and things like that. And then finally I traveled to Oregon um, several years ago to do an official herbalism internship. And when I returned from that experience, which really opened me up in a number of ways, um, I started doing a little bit of freelance writing about natural wellness and especially herbs. So that's just a little bit about me. So I, I write regularly about herbal medicine, and I also will occasionally teach some herbalism classes. Um, so in terms of you know what inspired um, the herbal healing deck, you know I really uh, I've been working with divination tools pretty much my whole life, thanks to my mom who had them all around. Uh, when I was growing up, you know, runes and cards of all kinds and all of that, and I was allowed to just use them and play with them. So when I started studying plant medicines, I just found myself wishing that there were an herbal oracle deck that really focused on medicinal plants because, you know, sometimes you see oracle decks that are all flowers or they're all trees or something like that, and I love those, and I've got several um, but I hadn't seen one that was just different kinds of medicinal plants, so I realized if I wanted one, I, I should create one myself <laughs> if I wanted to use one. So that's kind of um, that, how the idea came to me. Uh, and it's been you know, quite a journey since then. I just sort of kept that idea tucked away in the back of my mind while I was studying plants. And uh, during my internship out west, I had a major healing experience with a plant spirit, and uh, we can talk more about what plant spirits are later. But um, it was the plant spirit of Hawthorne, which is really good for the heart on a physical level and an emotional level. And so that just really, I mean, it opened my heart, um, and it also opened me up to the idea of plant spirit healing and working with plants as beings and as consciousness. It's Essentially, it's the idea that you don't even have to take a plant physically to you know benefit from it to have healing um that just sitting with a plant even or meditating with a plant can be a major experience. Um so that's kind of what got me started. Um so I'll I'll step back and let let Ashley talk for a little bit too.
3: Okay, okay, Ashley. <laughs> how did the Platt, sure. How did the plant spirit medicine influence your creative process with this project?
4: Yeah, um so for me um I I really just am interested in connecting with the the plant spirits, and it was um, really important for me to connect with the plants shamanically in much the same way as our ancestors did, um, from whom the tradition of plant spirit medicine really arose. And in my case, I'd been a meditator for a while, and through that practice, I had explored the shamanic form of meditation, which today... Um, is commonly known as shamanic journeying, which I'm pretty sure probably, you know, some of the starseed audience is already familiar with. And so having had this type of um, experience uh, with meditation, I knew that that's kind of the tool that I wanted to use to connect with the plant spirits. And, um, you know, Sarah graciously invited me along to be a part of the Herbal Healing Deck. And it was just a great way for me to, get in touch with the plant spirits on a deeper level um so you know to uh prepare for a journey basically i would get a lot of inspiration from sarah and the information that she wrote from the uh for the herbal healing deck and then i would try and find some physical way to connect with that plant's energy and, you know, sometimes I would take a tincture or an essence of that specific plant. Um, and, you know, oftentimes I would just work with the plants and just, you know, place a piece of them over my heart chakra during the shamanic journey. And uh, that really opened up the creative process and prepared my consciousness to sort of interact with the plant spirits. And um, then I basically uh, would just write down that experience in a journal. And uh create my sketch based on the way that plant presented itself, and uh from there, I created the final illustrations um of the plants for the deck
3: wow well you yeah I, I tell you that the the face on the on the front of the box <coughs> um, which one is this which which i I can't remember if you you have a a card that looks like the one on the front of the box, but I absolutely adore this picture it's it looks like kind of a a scarab with eyes. There's no eyelashes <laughs> I noticed. and it's just beautiful the way you. It, it's like it looks like a being of some kind. It's a being okay. with eyes.
4: Yeah, the, uh, that plant spirit is actually turmeric. Um, oh, it's a
3: turmeric. Okay.
4: Yeah, yeah.
3: Well, I'm I'm fascinated by the way that, you, and you put the eyes in most of the most of the of the cards too. Which gives right. it a personal touch, like someone's looking at you, like the herb is looking at you. Right. Exactly.
5: Yeah. And, and <laughs> it is.
3: <laughs> it, it is. It is. Um, that's for, that's for sure. So Ashley, let me ask you: Did you have growing up? Uh, did you have any experiences with spirits? Or uh, when when was your awakening as a child, or did or did you wait till you were later?
4: Uh, grown up sure, well, um, to kind of give me to like I guess to give a little background uh, into that, I, I think really, I was fortunate enough to grow up in a home that nurtured creativity and also like a really deep respect for nature, so because of that, um, I spent countless hours just exploring the countryside and really um, immersing myself in nature and that relationship just blossomed and became a uh, constant source of, you know, magic and wonder and inspiration. And really, um, at 15 was kind of when my spiritual journey unfolded. And during that time, I think, um, you know, I kind of asked some of those bigger questions we all ponder over at some point. And like many starseed out there, that just started me on that lifelong search to, to learn what I could about the nature of reality. So at that time, I would say I just became more interested in meditation and, you know, crystals and through education, just really, um, I think I came to realize what I already stood on a, understood on a deeper level as a child through my interaction with nature and, just had that, that deep sense that everything was interconnected and that we were all joined together in this, like, really intricate and beautiful web of life. So that's sort of when my love for nature and, you know, nature beings merged with my spirituality, I guess.
3: So when when did you girls launch this? It, it's ready for, for uh, distribution now, right? You sent me a, a copy, but I, I think someone yeah. had sent me an email saying that, it wasn't going to be ready to to release to the public till a certain date and i forgot what that date was
2: so yeah it actually is available now so we had a little bit of a mercury retrograde style delay in getting it out but now it's out and available
3: okay good good so sarah uh how did you connect with the plants to bring forth the messages in this guidebook
2: okay um well First, I think it would be helpful to kind of define what, uh, what is a plant spirit, you know, what is plant spirit medicine, kind of what are we talking about. <laughs> um, so just to give people a little bit of background um, before I get into sort of how I connected. So plant spirit medicine, it's also called plant spirit healing. It's the same thing. And it really emerges out of um, the practice of shamanism, which, of course, we all know is an ancient spiritual practice. And so in the shamanic tradition, plants are uh, recognized as having their own consciousness and their own spirit, Um, you know, like all, you know, every living thing in nature is recognized that way. So oftentimes the shaman or healer would turn to plants, um, obviously for healing, but also for knowledge. I mean, plants have been used in divination um, and for uh, guidance and protection for many years, for millennia. So in the shamanic experience, plants are really seen as our teachers <clears throat> and our even you know our allies, but also our companions, um, you know our friends. So that's kind of just a little uh, tip of the iceberg about what what is plant spirit healing. Um, you know, it's sort of emerged in modern herbalism now among uh, modern practitioners and, and Western practitioners as a healing system that sort of kind of functions like energy work. That's really the best. Um, model I can use to describe what it is, but it basically involves the healer or the shaman forming relationships with plants and aligning yourself with that plant's vibration um, so that you can transmit that vibration to your clients for healing. Um, So once again, the idea is you don't actually have to take the medicine physically to benefit from a plant because each plant really carries a vibration that can be healing all by itself which is, you know, for people who are into flower essences, it's the same idea. You're essentially capturing the essence of a plant and diluting it to a, a homeopathic dose and then taking it as vibrational medicine rather than, you know, an actual, what they call an herbal medicine, a material dose, which just means, you know, a full dose of the plant. Um, so as far as how I, I personally connected with the plants um, to bring forth their messages in the guidebook, Occasionally, I would um, do it. You know, I I connect with plants in all different kinds of ways. Um, So, I, like Ashley, will do shamanic journeys, and I think that that's a great tool. Um, But I also will use other forms of meditation. So, even something as simple as just sitting with a plant, um, breathing with a plant, because you know we're in this very uh, symbiotic relationship with plants that, you know, they um, we breathe in, they breathe out, and vice versa. Uh, so that can be a powerful practice all by itself. There's also um, a little technique in herbalism called the drop dose. It's also called the spirit dose. And what that means is having a tincture, which is a liquid alcohol, often alcohol, extract of a plant, And you just kind of, you just sort of sit quietly and you take one drop of that tincture onto your tongue and you just kind of notice, you close your eyes and and feel what happens. Notice where that medicine goes in your body. Um, Does it feel hot or cold? Does it travel to your heart? Does it travel to your solar plexus or to your head? Uh, Does it bring up any feelings, any emotions, or any even uh, visuals? Do you see anything? Do you have any memories come back to you? So all of that, um, all of those ways, you know, I would use to connect with plants. And so, you know, in this whole journey, I would uh, start to receive information or messages directly from the plants themselves and uh, you know by the way when you're doing you know a meditation with a plant they can appear in many different forms Um, I think that they kind of are just they're so generous and such sweet beings the plants are that they just will appear however they think you'll connect with them the most (laughs) so they'll appear in any number of different forms sometimes yeah just like Ashley's illustrations they'll show up with eyes and things like that Um, sometimes I'll just see them as the plant itself Sometimes it'll be, you know, for me, a ball of light, <laughs> which might sound strange, but it's true, or even an animal, or a person, um, or even a symbol. Like I've had a certain plant spirit come through as the symbol of a sword before. So anyway, um, so I would receive just information, kind of in that in that intuitive space. And uh, oftentimes it would later be confirmed for me in 3D reality, uh, because we've really Ashley and I have really found that when you start, um, I, I want to say working with, but also playing with plant spirits uh, on that level, um, it will they will reach through and kind of tickle you in 3D as well, uh, just to let you know that it's real. Um, <laughs> so, like for example. I was uh, meditating once with the spirit of Golden Seal, which is a medicinal plant native to the Midwest, and it is featured in the deck. Um, and I was, it was just this one appeared as a radiant golden ball of light. And so I asked, you know, what is the main message or healing that Golden Seal had for people? Like, in other words, how did it want me to write about it in the deck guidebook? And so I heard, I provide healing gifts you will receive a healing gift. And that was it. That was all it would say. So I thought, okay, um, well, good. This is kind of a chance for me to see if this stuff is real. Uh, Because you know how it is. It's like when we get into this type of work, even if we believe in what we're doing, sometimes there's this little, you know, sort of our 3D programming kicks in and says, is this for real or are you making this up, you know? So anyway, I thought, okay, well, this is a good chance for me to see, you know, what happens. So it was only about a day or two later, and uh, out of the blue, an ex-boyfriend contacted me. And this was someone that I had really loved who had broken my heart, and I wasn't still totally over him yet. I had kind of idealized that relationship. And so in his message, he says, you know, hey, I've been doing counseling. I've been doing a lot of inner work. Um, And I wanted to talk about my patterns with you. (laughs) And, you know, so we had this whole exchange. um, And he ended up just owning up to everything and apologizing for everything he'd ever done. Um, And he really, one thing that he said was, you know, hey, you could have been perfect, but I was so messed up at the time that I would have sabotaged the relationship anyway. And to me, that was hugely healing because I am kind of a perfectionist at times, and uh, I had really sort of tried to be perfect for him. So anyway, and how often does that happen where, you know, an ex comes back and says, everything was my fault? <laughs> it's kind of a rare, <laughs> a rare event. So anyway, that communication was totally unexpected and it ended up being a major healing gift for me. I mean, I, I was really able to move on. So I just, I thought, okay, well, clearly that, that's what happened. That was what Golden Seal had promised so now, when you draw, you know, the card of golden seal, one of the main messages is, keep your eyes open for a healing gift. So that can come in in any different, uh, you know, all types of different forms. I've found since then, but that's just one example of how you know, getting a message from the plant translates into 3D in so, interesting, unexpected ways.
3: Right. So, give us some illustrations of synchronizations that have happened for the two of you working with these plants. Do you have some cool stories?
6: Yes. <laughs> yes, we do. Um, okay. Uh,
2: so, yeah, we have had several several things that happened that just kind of blew our minds, honestly. So, I'll tell a story. I'm sure Ashley's got some that she would like to share as well. Um, <laughs> so, you know, Lavender, it's like you always say, synchronization is confirmation, right? So, <laughs> we just we've had some strange things happen. So, the one that I think probably blew my mind the most happened with a plant called Wormwood, which is a pretty mystical plant all by itself. And in fact, in the deck, the key word for Wormwood is mystery. Um, so my story with Wormwood begins during my herbalism internship that I was talking about earlier. And I happened to meet a man out there who turned out to be a shaman. And uh, even though he wasn't part of my you know internship program, He um, ended up being a powerful teacher for me and another friend while we were out there. So anyway, this guy was really into Wormwood, and he said um, that it would sort of set the stage for heightened synchronicity and even telepathic experiences. And the way that he worked with Wormwood was interesting. It was in the form of absinthe, which, yes, I am talking about the infamous liquor of poets and beatniks um, that contains Wormwood. And interestingly, you know, when I was researching absinthe, I discovered that it used to be called the Green Fairy, <laughs> which I just, or the Green Muse. Uh, so that's an interesting thing. But anyway, so he was working. Sometimes you'll see shamans who work with alcohol and kind of will, you know, it, as a purifying thing. Like they'll spritz it over your energy field to purify you or as a blessing. Um, so he was working with it that way. So I came to associate uh, wormwood with this man, this teacher of mine. So. Um, meanwhile, as kind of an unrelated thing, the same man was uh, teaching me and my friend how to meditate on the Merkaba, which I'm sure a lot of starseed will know what this symbol is. It's essentially uh, two pyramids that are sort of interconnected, and he was teaching you know, the meditation of how you visualize the two pyramids spinning in opposite directions. So anyway, that will make sense later when I bring it full circle here. Um, so fast forward several years, and I've like totally lost touch with this man. I haven't really talked about his teachings to very many people, but I do end up featuring Wormwood in the Herbal Healing Deck. It just seemed like it wanted to be in there. Um, and so the way that Ashley and I worked together, as she was talking about a little bit earlier, I would send her my write-up for a plant first, and then she would read that and do a shamanic journey and develop the artwork for the plant, her illustration for the card. And then she would send that back to me, and she was nice enough to record, to type out her her descriptions of her shamanic journeys. Um, so I, like, got to read 48 of these amazing experiences that she was having. Um, and she and I, I'll just mention here that she and I, Ashley and I, uh, work together really closely on this project. Um, so we're neighbors and we're really good friends. She lives down the road from me. Ashley and I are really similar. We're both uh, Taurus sun signs. Um, and we're both INFJs and personality, uh, personality types. So anyway, uh, so you know, even though I might have written some of the things, some of the information actually does come from Ashley. So anyway, we work together closely. So back to the story. Uh, by this point, you know, so she sends me this her illustration of Wormwood and her journey. And at by this point, I was pretty used to Ashley going into the shamanic world and being able to pick up on details and facts during her journeys uh, about plants that would end up being verified when we researched them. So sometimes she would pick out things that I didn't know about plants, and she'd be the one to tell me, hey, you know, this is used for this. Uh, so she can speak more on that here in just a sec. But uh, So imagine my surprise when I open up her illustration and I see that the spirit of wormwood, how she's illustrated it, prominently features the Merkaba symbol <laughs> so to me that was a new one because this this was an association with the plant that was personal to me or so I had thought um, you know I connected these two things wormwood and the Merkaba in my own mind because of my experience with this one teacher I happened to have and then here suddenly it appears on her card when I had never told her that story at all so That just blew my mind, and it really made me wonder. I mean, obviously it was a synchronicity, but it kind of made me wonder, you know, if this whole thing had just been orchestrated for that long in ways that I'm not even aware of. So I don't know. That's one that still boggles my mind to this day.
3: Well, I (laughs) notice on the card that I'm looking at one word, she did put eyelashes on this one. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) I love my eyelashes.
6: Yeah.
4: Okay,
3: well... Okay, Ashley, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about some of your shamanistic journeys with some of these cards, and if you have a personal experience that our audience would like to hear about, we'd love to hear it.
4: Sure, sure. So, um, gosh, you know, working with the the plants um, on the shamanic level was just a very, you know, opening experience for me. And I I guess... um, You know, just to give a little bit of background so people know, with shamanic journeying, one usually starts by entering like a special hole or entrance into the lower world, which symbolizes the transition like from our ordinary states of consciousness into the shamanic or trance state of consciousness. And so in my case, for my journeys, I have a spring in, in my woods, which is situated under a large river birch tree. And, you know, that's kind of a special spot for me, so so I use that as my mental entry point. Um, And from there, um, in the journeying, one typically travels down a tunnel or tube that will will lead to otherworldly landscapes. So so for me, the tunnel led to a place that I interpreted as the, the plant spirit realm. And for all of my plant spirit journeys, I ended up working with a great tree spirit whom I ended up calling the Grandmother Tree And this being really served as a guide for me and um, showed me the way to the individual plant spirits. So from her location, I would travel to visit with each plant and introduce myself uh, very respectfully and explain, you know, my, my intentions for the visit. And then I would really just sit back and watch, you know, the movie play as the plant spirits came to life. And, you know, oftentimes within the course of an encounter, I I would see, you know, like Sarah mentioned, um, the Merkabah, you know, different sacred geometric symbols and sometimes, you know, waves and pulsations of energy. And the plants themselves, um, it was interesting because they even appeared to have like energetic centers somewhat similar to what we might think of as chakras in the human body. And... um, So, yeah, in the guidebook for the Herbal Healing Deck, I do actually recount uh, a pretty long, detailed shamanic journey to the the spirit of black cohosh. But, um, yeah, I I actually can go ahead and read one of my shorter journal entries uh, regarding the shamanic journey to Motherwort. So, As usual, I went to the grandmother tree and received my directions to Motherwort. I smiled and thanked her for all her help as I took my leave. I flew to the air and eventually found myself in a meadow, encircled by a great forest. A giant oak tree loomed before me at the forest edge, and partially beneath its shade a healthy patch of motherwort sprawled out. Walking forward I said my silent greeting and explained my intentions for the visit. Two eyes opened to peer out at me from the foliage of the most prominent plant. Kneeling down, I bowed and then looked into the soft, mellow eyes before me. Immediately, the Mother Wart spirit began to speak softly and kindly, telling me that her greatest message was that of self-love. She was very warm and wise and repeated many times that we as human beings don't love ourselves enough, which is part of our problem as a species. She reiterated that we have the capability to be incredible beings If only we would be more gentle and caring with ourselves and to each other. She also taught that creativity itself is nothing more than pure love made manifest. After her teaching, a glow of light shot from the base of her stem into the ground, where an illuminated circle began to glow. Intuitively, I knew to lie down in this spot and saw that another stream of light was shooting out the top of her foliage and circling back down to the earth, to create a glowing golden orb of light around us. I closed my eyes and felt the warmth of her energy as it surrounded me. She started to repeat short mantras about self-love and asked that I join in. Absorbed in the process, I was amazed at how quickly the drumbeat sounds changed tempo to call me back from the journey. I stood and bowed again to deeply thank her. And a glowing feeling of warmth and deep, endearing love flowed between us as I turned to journey back. So that's just kind of one example of how the uh, encounters with the plant spirits uh, really unfolded.
3: Oh, I love it. Tell me, uh, I just picked up the card, Horsetail, Higher Self, and you have (laughs) crystals uh, so magically placed with this card. Tell us a little bit about how that came about, if
4: you can. For sure. Um well, you know, Sarah's um entry for horsetail um in the herbal healing deck relates to the higher self. And horsetail has a lot of silica in it as well. Um and silica is, you know, found in crystals. So when I um did the plant spirit journey to the spirit of horsetail Um, that was one of the things that was featured very prominently in this vision that i had Um, just this beautiful cluster of quartz crystals sort of illuminated at the base of the plant spirit um, that just kind of like reflected and sparkled into its eyes Um, and you know uh, crystals are a tool for communication anyway um, you know, and they're in, in our computers and watches and uh, all kinds of things. So it, I guess it only makes sense that, that you know, horsetail would be associated with your higher self and communicating with your higher self and would have that ability, you know, to, to raise the silica levels in your body even.
3: I noticed that you put the mark of Athena on the crystal. <laughs> yes, I did. So <laughs> <laughs> at the bottom, I said, oh, my goodness, you yeah. have got Athena crystals. I love it. Yeah, we do. <laughs>
6: <laughs> yeah, Did you have we really...
3: some of those Athena crystals that you got at, at uh, Fisher Mountain? Were, were they helpful in,
4: in, in, in drawing these? Did you, you get know, some actually, of those Athena crystals? Yes, I did um, in terms of reference. And actually, when I do my shamanic journeying, I have a little pouch that I, I wear around my neck, um, you know, filled with special objects uh, that have meaning to me. And in that little pouch are a few geysers and Athena crystals. So...
3: Oh, good.
4: Oh, yeah.
3: I love, it. I love it so much. So, you know, Starseeds, we're, we're kind of a specialized group. So, tell us how Starseeds can use uh, these cards and work with plants and the plant spirits. Is there, is there special uh, cards for Starseed in this deck?
2: Yes, actually. Um, there are, in terms of individual plants that are good for Starseed to know about, I've got I've got a few, and they're all featured in the deck actually, uh, but I've got a few that I'm kind of itching to share with the audience. <laughs> um, so, one of them is wood betony, and it's kind of hard to say, so I'm going to spell it wood, and then betony is B E T O N Y. And uh, there is more than one kind, more than one plant that has that name. So, just for reference, I'm talking about uh, the Latin name is Stachys officinalis, or it's European wood betony, so not American wood betony. Anyway, uh, so wood betony is a plant that has been used for ages for protection and um, as a kind of a magical protective talisman. And, you know, I was actually writing a a monograph recently uh, for a publication on wood betony, and I came across this quote from an old herbal text where this early herbalist was saying that, you know, wood betony is useful for monstrous nocturnal visitors, Ah, which is kind of a bone-chilling phrase, right? But uh, the interesting thing is that modern herbalists, Um, actually use wood betony in cases of unwanted ET abductions. And this is like, this comes from a a very respected herbalist, uh, Matthew Wood. And so he's respected even in, you know, conventional circles. Uh, So he recommends, and then so everyone else kind of recommends using wood betony for that. And that's, that's kind of a big deal and very interesting. And in fact, this plant can be used for all kinds of things, like, Uh, You know, bad nightmares or night terrors, bad dreams, uh, general feelings of unsafety, uh, integration of past trauma, and also just times when you need grounding. So, like, if you're having a lot of high strangeness in your life, if, you know, your uh, computer dies and your light bulbs are exploding when you walk by them, and, you know, if you're having that really intense high strangeness sort of uranus energy around you, Um, wood betony is extremely grounding and uh, the way that it works is it'll strengthen your solar plexus center um, and physically it's used for digestion so it strengthens your solar plexus so that you just are more grounded and embodied and confident and strong within yourself that you can more this is my theory anyway that so you can more easily repel those unwanted influences so, I've, I mean, personally, I have recently used this plant uh, because I was having some, some weird sort of slightly paranormal things going on and just weird energy. So I, I, you know, I invoked the spirit of wood betony and just asked for protection and also was taking it internally at the time. So that's one I recommend for starseeds for sure. And then another one is kind of the almost the inverse of wood betony. It's called chickweed. And so this is a very uh, kind of a humble plant, um, kind of unassuming, low, you know, grows low to the ground. A lot of people call it a weed. Um, and it's got, it, the flowers are, are not really showy flowers, there, but they're tiny, and they resemble stars. And in fact, um, the Latin name for chickweed is Stellaria media. And so Stellaria comes from the word stella, which means star. So Stellaria means little star. And the name media means in the midst of. So uh, I like to think of media, too, as, you know, this plant is kind of a mediator between Earth and the stars. And um, the herbalist Susan Weed calls chickweed little star lady. And to quote her, she says, think of chickweed as increasing your permeability to solar, lunar, universal, and cosmic energies. Uh, so it really helps you see the cosmic in the mundane, which is why the key word, for chickweed in the deck is perspective, so it can shift your perspective. Um, and Ashley's illustration of chickweed uh, is so beautiful, and she's got chickweed at the bottom, and the flowers of chickweed mirror the constellation of the Pleiades in the sky above. Um, so I thought that was cool. So you know, chickweed is kind of for those times when, because this is another thing, it's like the opposite of wood betony. Wood betony is for when there's too much high strangeness and weird weird stuff going on. Chickweed is for those times in your life when you just feel like, ah, man, you know, I wish I was more connected or, um, you know, I miss my star family. And times when you feel like things are just too mundane, um, you know. So chickweed can really help you open up to those cosmic energies. And it's good It's good just to eat it. Uh, like you can – it's not bitter at all. It's actually – I find it more yummy than lettuce. You can eat it as a salad green. I add it to my smoothies every day when it's in season. Um, so anyway, it's just a, an easy one to, uh, to work with on a daily basis. And um, the last one I'll talk about here is uh, shooting star. So this plant, uh, for the herbalists out there, they're probably thinking, huh, because shooting star isn't like you know, really used in herbal medicine, at least not anymore, but it is used as a flower essence. Um, and this is actually, this kind of brings up, another little topic which is the doctrine of signatures so just quickly I'll explain what that is Um, so the doctrine of signatures is this great concept in herbal medicine which is actually pretty mystical Uh, and what it is it's essentially the idea that plants look like what they heal or in some way they resemble you know the body part or even the condition or disease that they treat and I think I might have heard Anastasia talk about this very thing on the news at one point. Um, so I, I think maybe this, is, this might be a familiar concept. But just as an example of the doctrine of signatures um, that we all know and love, walnuts. So walnuts, obviously, they're a food. And they the walnut itself looks a lot like the human brain, right? It, just uh, a lot like it. And so we know you know scientifically that walnuts do contain DHA, which is an omega three fatty acid, um, which you know has been shown in studies to be good for improving cognitive performance and brain health. So that's just like a, on the food level, but to take it to the herbal healing level, um, So if the walnut itself is the brain, then the outer husk of the walnut is the head, right? And so in herbal medicine, the outer green husk of the walnut, which corresponds to the head, is used actually to treat scalp conditions. Um, So, you know, the doctrine of signatures is often it has to do with um, how the plant looks, but it can also be the environment where it grows. So like, for example, if a plant grows near water, oftentimes it will be good for the kidneys or the blood or, in general, the waterways of the body. So herbalists have used this concept of signatures historically to determine what a plant might be used for medicinally, which clearly it's fallen out of practice in modern science, which tends to be very reductionist and sort of reduces plants just to, uh, you know, they don't see plants as conscious beings with personalities and spirits. Instead, they sort of reduce them to just a conglomeration of phytochemicals and compounds. Um, But what I think is kind of humorous is that Oftentimes, scientific studies will sort of unwittingly back up the doctrine of signatures, uh, and they'll tell us things that folk healers have known all along. You know, walnuts are good for the brain, <laughs> um, which to me, that's, that's great, and I, I appreciate science, but to me, their way is just kind of less fun. Uh, that's just my opinion. So anyway, the doctrine of signatures is kind of this, um, it, to me, it kind of sounds like her, hermeticism. You know, it's like a hermetic idea, as within, so without so it 's the idea that a plant's outward appearance you know is a signature that reflects its inner virtues, its healing properties, and its personality and archetype so that 's another way of sort of reading the signs of nature um, and I 'm mentioning it now because I think you know when I first heard about the doctrine of signatures, it just opened up my intuition um, to working with plants and you know, it can be as you can do this at any time. If you're working in the garden or if you're walking out in the woods, just kind of get quiet and, and pay attention to what the plants remind you of. And don't be afraid to use your imagination. I mean, they can be even, you know, uh, I, I learned about the doctrine of signatures through uh, the herbalist Matthew Wood through his books And he talks about some of these signatures being almost cartoonish in nature. (laughs) So, you know, it doesn't have to make sense to your logical mind. So anyway, I just kind of mentioned that because uh, I'm sort of hoping to open people up to that idea. But back to um, Shooting Star. Sorry, I kind of got sidetracked there. But Shooting Star, it's an example of the doctrine of signatures, and here's why. Um, So if you can picture this, the appearance of the flower of Shooting Star um, the flowers kind of nod downward and face the earth. So they're sort of facing downward and they have these sepals, which is like the center of the flower, that form a single tip that points down toward the earth, kind of like the tip of a rocket ship. And then while the it's very unusual, the flower petals are all swept back upward toward the sky. So the image that you get here is of a star, a shooting star, hence the name, a star rocketing toward the earth at a high speed. So I'll just read a a little bit from the guidebook here um, about what the flower essence is used for and how that relates to star seed. So the flower essence is used for souls who have a a strong celestial or otherworldly connection and as a result feel alienated from humankind or earthly involvement. As a flower essence, Shooting Star helps celestial people, often called star seeds, find their true purpose for being on earth. You can call upon the spirit of Shooting Star for assistance in humanizing your stellar consciousness. So those are those are a few just kind of, you know, cliff notes version of some good good herbs for star seed.
3: I have a question. What ha- okay. what happened to hemp? H E M P. I don't find a hemp card.
6: Oh,
2: well, I actually, it's funny you should ask that because I toyed with the idea for a long time and kind of went back and forth sort of asking the plant, do you want to be included, do you not want to be included? <laughs> and I ended up not including hemp or cannabis. Um, and my thought was it's such a powerful plant and such a powerful plant spirit that I almost want to give it its own um treatment elsewhere at some point. You know, maybe it needs its whole a, a whole other deck or something like that.
3: <laughs> or, or maybe you just need to use it before you do the
1: deck.
7: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that too, sure. <laughs> well,
7: yep, it's a, a gateway drug
3: seeds, to
2: other plant spirits.
3: Yeah, I know a lot of our <laughs> star seeds use that, and especially hemp oil. Hemp oil is really helping a lot of people with a lot of uh, conditions in their in their mental, emotional, and physical bodies. So it seems yeah. something that's really kind of taken off, and that's why I wanted oh, to yeah. know, lift and it hemp out. Good. But I hear what you're saying. Yeah, you can probably do a whole thing on him all by itself.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
3: so I'm looking at the time, and I noticed that you're willing to um, draw a card for people that call in. So if yeah. If anyone wants to uh, call in and and have you draw a card and give a message, will you be willing to do that? Yeah, sure. Okay. So Ariel, you've got the yeah. switchboard, and back to you. I'm so proud of you girls, and thank you so much for sending me uh, this beautiful deck of of cards and the way it's presented, the way that you uh, put it together in a box. This is this is world class, not first class, honey. This is world class. <laughs> so you've got to cost Thank a Levinar. lot together. I mean, you didn't. You didn't. I mean, this is very expensive looking. Uh, you didn't just throw this together. I mean, you really took some time to to make every little thing count, and especially the green. The way you put the green in here, the green is so emerald. And I noticed mm. that you put the emerald uh, Athena symbol all through this deck. Yeah. Keep showing yeah, that. and that
4: was actually uh, one thing that you know when when we kind of we we kind of gave our group at the Crystal Quest a few years ago just a sneak peek of the beginning of the deck. And I know Lavendar, that was one of the comments that you had made um, that that you would really love to see Emerald throughout the deck. So I kind of took that as inspiration and ran with it. Oh, uh, you—you so got that, it, that Toyota. Was... <laughs>
3: <laughs> so okay, back to you, Arielle, and I hope. We have several people that will call in to have you draw a card.
0: Okay. Thank well, you cool. so
3: much, Lavendar. Hey, thank you for being our guest tonight. I love it. I'm so thank proud you. of you girls.
0: Yeah, this. I mean, you've just done such a marvelous job. And it's really, I can tell from the from the excerpts that you read, is that it's an herbal healing deck with a starseed uh, kind of flair to it, um, where I think star seeds will really, really um resonate. So um uh, we do have a caller um ready to ask you a question. So um I'm going to open hey. up her microphone and you're gonna be talking to Tammy.
5: Hello my sweet Go ahead, Earth Tammy. goddesses. Hi oh, Tammy. Hey, Tammy. This is the Tammy <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for the work you are doing here. When you were in Arkansas, there was just something so special about the two of you, and and you just represent nature itself more than anyone I've ever met. And you were just working on this project. And when you shared a little bit of it, my goodness, I, I can honestly say that it gave me a whole different outlook on the plant kingdom. So thank you so much. Wow. Oh, thank you, know, you. You know I've been eagerly awaiting the deck. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, and you've just been so supportive and I know that yeah. Ashley and I were uh I mean, we were just so grateful for the support of everybody um at the Crystal yeah. Quest and that was we really found that time there to be hugely activating and inspiring and a
5: dream and you know um you bringing them out and all that. It was just <laughs> Yes, we had even synchronicities with you that right. That's right because yeah. Ashley
2: and I were feeling a little shy about, you know, sharing this unfinished weird little creation that we had in our brains with the group and then we were stressing out about it and I actually had a little stress dream. Oh, do we show people? And then Tammy calls the next day, our cabin and says, "You know, you should really bring the deck to breakfast."
5: <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and the artwork and the wisdom um the the colors you've brought forth a color combination that takes you to a different universe. Oh.
4: Hmm. Yeah, well well, thank you. I would say, you know, part of that too is just uh the plant spirits themselves. Um I think, you know, just the magic that they impart and um, you know, a lot of it was just what I saw or encountered in the visitations with each uh plant spirit. And um, you know, even when I would experience something with a plant that seemed a little odd, or if there was something I didn't understand, I just, I just presented it um, as the way that the plant presented itself, and. You know, one thing to speak of in plant spirit medicine, uh, really quickly, Tammy, Tammy, I think part of the reason why it's really important to hold to this standard is because the plants are so individual and they have a a unique message that they really want to express. And I think sometimes for those messages to have like the impact, it kind of, this kind of work really calls for like leaving your own ego at the front door and you just surrender to the teachings. And And in my mind, that's the way um, by sort of respecting and serving the plant spirits that you could even possibly have the correct intention with working with them. So, you know, a lot of people that connect to the illustrations, I think that that's just part of, um, you know, the doorway opening to allow that magical aspect of the experience to flow through. That's great. Well, I have a plant spirit that
5: I've been trying to make friends with, and maybe you can give me some advice. Poison mm. ivy. Okay. Oh. How can <laughs> I make peace that's... with poison ivy? I
2: can, I can tell you this, Tammy. I think you'll appreciate it, um, especially because I know how uh, sort of protective of nature that you are, and you really are... Um, Uh, just a shepherd for some of the old ways, you know, the the Native American ways and things. So poison ivy is a plant that we included in the deck, and um, it's uh, one of the most well-known plants, but obviously it's one of the least popular for clear, obvious reasons. I mean, I've gotten poison ivy many times myself. Um, But, you know, even though poison ivy is, like, really hated by a lot of people because of the horrible rashes that we get, so what I uh, kind of ask people to do is just consider what use that nature herself might have for such a plant. So according to some Native American tribes, um, as well as you know, nature lovers and herbalists uh, of from all backgrounds, um, really consider poison ivy to be a guardian of the forest. So the idea is that it keeps out those who might do harm. Um, and it's interesting to note that <clears throat> excuse me, that non-human animals, non-human animals like deer, do not suffer from poison ivy rashes. It pretty much is just us. And <laughs> in fact, deer will actually eat the leaves. So I've noticed that in old-growth forests, as even though they're becoming more and more rare, sadly, uh, if you walk into an old-growth forest that's been undisturbed by humans, um, they tend to have less poison ivy. And I've noticed even just like in backpacking trips and things, the places where I see poison ivy the most are also the places that have the most litter and where humans come along and kind of trample on stuff. So it's sort of this, you know, a guardian of the forest. And, in fact, there's this weird little odd fact um, that scientists, I read an article not too long ago that scientists are speculating that uh, it's rising carbon dioxide levels and forest disruption that are making this plant spread faster, grow larger, and actually produce more of their oil. It's called something like, uh, I can't even say the word, urushriol or something. Um, So that's what causes the irritation. So the plants are becoming more protective as we're sort of destroying the forest. So, anyway, maybe it, I know that doesn't help with the rash. Jewel weed can help with
5: the rash, <laughs> and it often grows right <laughs> alongside poison ivy. But, nevertheless, I, I appreciate that's
2: poison ivy. I'd,
5: I'd love, I mean, that just makes so much sense that it's a protect, you know, uh, guardian.
2: Yeah, guardian of the forest. Paints it in a new light, doesn't it? I it, it Well, mm-hmm. and
5: that's what you did for me. Um, chickweed. Uh, mm. I my yard right now is just jamming with chickweed. <laughs> and now yeah. I'm happy about it. It's, it's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> Do you ever munch
2: on it? Do you ever eat it? No. Well, you can. It's yummy. <laughs>
7: it's
2: yummy, and it's so good for you, very good for you, well, full of I've protein, full of i got a, I've got a big crop. I can send you some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
5: there you go. <laughs> well, I would love to have um, the masters of this deck to pull a card for me. Oh,
2: sure. Okay. Um, is there any kind of question or a certain area of your life that you're wanting guidance for or just in general a little pull-a-card reading?
5: Yeah, just pull a card.
2: Okay.
5: I'll, yeah, whatever. whatever you pull.
2: Okay, so what I pulled here is black cohosh. And so the key word is darkness, but that doesn't mean evil. Um, With black cohosh, uh, I'll read the little quote that I have here in the guidebook. It's a roomy quote. The wound is the place where the light enters you. So in herbal medicine, black cohosh is used for um, uh, a lot of female reproductive issues, um, you know, including things like PMS. Uh, it's also used for childbirth and postpartum recovery. Um, and, you know, black cohosh, this is lesser known. Uh, we think of plants like St. John's wort for treating depression. Um, but I've known several herbal teachers that actually recommend black cohosh for that really deep and dark depression. Uh,
5: yeah,
2: I've but, heard that. Yeah. Oh, have you? Oh, good. um So anyway, uh, so on kind of an energy level, black cohosh represents the yin or the feminine side of our being. So um, usually, when when you draw this card, um, you might be going through a little bit of a dark night of the soul. So and it's all it is is it means that there's some. um, It's just a necessary part of your initiation, and you know, at some point in the past, your feminine side has been wounded. And that can be true whether you're male or female. Um, So with this, it's like, um, you know, the idea is just sort of, oh, nurture yourself. uh, Look at how you've been wounded in the past, um, and, uh, you know, Matthew Wood. I keep talking about the herbalist Matthew Wood. He's kind of my hero, but he calls black cohosh the whiplash remedy um, because the plant actually has an affinity for treating this condition. And American Indians considered it consider it a, a snake medicine, so used to treat snake bites. So the idea is, you know, the damage or the poison is taken into your system from an outside blow, um, and of course the snake and the spine, uh, you know, the spine as in whiplash, are both symbolic of Kundalini, so that potent force within us all that empowers our creativity. Um, so basically, the wow, meaning this is, of this. this are, is
5: great information. <laughs> oh, how interesting. interesting. You know, this whiplash and the whole, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is all connected. I know I'm kind of pulling
2: together a lot of different things, but the, the overall idea is that basically the meaning, Tammy, is that you're going through a deep healing right now that's going to affect your creative capacity to a large degree. So whatever's going on, hang in there. Black Cohosh is also connected with the energy of unicorns. Um, so just know that that purity and that that pure healing light is coming your way, and the wound is a place where the light enters you, so that's your message.:
5: <laughs> Well, thank you so much., Aww, you. you're welcome. my pleasure. Um, masterful work goddesses, ten years <laughs> years way up. and um, <laughs> parents, get this deck and share it with your children. And start them off the right way with the plants. I wish I would have had this when my kids were little. Oh my goodness.
4: Hmm.
5: So, so thank you. This is just a whole. You know, I've seen lots of plant uh, of different decks with trees and plants, but this one is just standalone, and it's just um, it's just stellar. Hmm. Aw, well, thank you, Tammy. Thanks so much for your support, just for,
2: so even from the you early stages.
5: And I'll see you soon, hopefully.
0: Okay, so good to talk Thanks, to you. Tammy. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. Bye, Bye-bye, Tammy. Um, okay, we have we have another uh, caller with a question, but I would like to, because uh, I kind of jumped right into that, anybody that's already on the switchboard If you would like um, Sarah and Ashley to pull a card for you, you'll need to press 1 on your keypad so that we know you want to come on the air. If you're listening on the computer, you'll need to pick up the phone and dial 917-889-8292, and then once you're in, press 1. So um, we have um, Jada with a question, and I'll get your mic open here. Okay, Jada, you are on the air. Hi, thank you
7: Thank you so much for being on the show tonight Sarah and Ashley And I was on the Crystal Quest with you When you first talked about this So I'm so happy for you that it's come to fruition And the cards are absolutely beautiful I love the artwork Thank you, it's so good to hear your voice Thank you And I would like If you will, pull a card for me I guess um, related to Physical health Okay okay, so just um just to clarify
2: for you and for everybody who might be listening, um you know, so even though these are medicinal plants that we're talking about, just because you draw a card from the deck or if I draw a card for you, it doesn't necessarily mean that you should take it internally <laughs> um, okay, so this is more this is more just like um we can definitely ask about your health, and I think that's a great question, uh but this will be more about like the energy patterns and things like that, more of an energy healing.
6: Okay. Perfect. So, okay, I'm just gonna
2: focus here and shuffle. Ah, uh, I drew for you one of my favorite plants. It's tulsi, <clears throat> tulsi, which is um, an Ayurvedic plant. It's also we know it in the West as holy basil or sacred basil, and. Okay. Um, yeah, this is a beautiful plant, Jada. It's um it's actually a really kind of an auspicious one to draw. So Tulsi, um uh, is the key word is faith. So it's really asking you to have some faith. And um so I'll just read our little quote here. All the world is made of faith and trust and pixie dust. <laughs> and that comes from Peter Pan actually.
4: Oh so, I love that. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, so tulsi is like I was saying an Ayurvedic plant, and Ayurveda is the traditional healing system of India. And so even though I just said, um, you know, doesn't mean that you need to take this plant internally. Actually, tulsi is a really gentle plant. So you know, tulsi tea or anything like that. Um, you know, I just love it's a, I use it almost daily. Um, and it's what it's good for physically is um, it's an adaptogen. And so what that means is it helps are it helps us deal it helps us adapt essentially so it helps us deal with stress of all kinds so whether that stress is emotional or environmental so um, you know if you're sensitive to the environment or physiological stress Uh, so even that can even mean you're sensitive to hot and cold things like that so Tulsi can really you know taken on a daily sort of as a tonic um, can help you with those things because it works on your adrenal glands So, I don't know, maybe you've been feeling a little bit stressed. Um, So, Tulsi can help with that. Um, And so, it boosts the immune system. It's good for, it's an antiviral, so I use it if I have a cold or a flu, Um, and all kinds of stuff. Um, You know, it's also starting to gain recognition in the treatment of cancer, actually, providing protection and support for people during radiation therapy. So, that's kind of what it's used for physically. But on the metaphysical level, Tulsi is just its famed for all that is sacred, all that is good in the world. Um, the plant is believed in India, which India has a beautiful, really long-standing tradition of, of plant reverence and worship. So Tulsi is considered to be a representation of the gods themselves. So I'll just read a little bit from the guidebook. When Tulsi appears to you, it is a sign to have faith in the unseen powers that guide your life. If there is a confusing or stressful situation afoot, rest assured that you are not forgotten or abandoned by divine love. So even if there is something occurring that you don't understand, this is just asking for your acceptance. Uh, And don't give in to worry, because everything is working according to a divine plan, and with time this will become perfectly clear. Um, so Tulsi uh, promotes the energy of sattva Which is another uh, Ayurvedic term And that's the energy that opens the mind To enhance qualities of light, perception, intelligence and harmony So just have faith that on a higher level The ups and downs of any situation will, do make sense um, Even if it's on the soul level And even if this is not always clear to us on the earthly plane um, so, And just lastly I'll say I'll read the last little um, the last little paragraph here. If you are concerned about something, know that the situation will work out better if you can gain some distance from it. Make space to enjoy the present moment, no matter how big the perceived problem. If help and guidance is needed, remember to ask the spirit world. And this is something, too, that you can do with plants. You can, you can actually just ask the Tulsi plant itself. I think that's a really powerful thing to do, um, whether you're you know drinking the tea or working with it physically or not. You can just get quiet and visualize Tulsi in whatever form uh, she takes for you and just appeal to her and ask for her help. And that's a longstanding tradition of many ancient traditions. So just put out a positive intention that all will be well and then let it go. Greater understanding will come in time as long as your faith stays firm.
7: Oh wow, that is great! Thank you so much. Mm. Yeah, you're welcome. I hope that helps a little make bit. Makes perfect sense. It does. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good. I appreciate it. Thank you. you're and thank welcome for being on the Ada. show.
2: Yeah, thanks for thanks for talking to us. We love hearing from you.
7: Great. I hope to well, see then. you again in Arkansas one day. Oh, that would be amazing! (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Well, Jada comes every time, you know. So, so just whenever she She is like the, the Crystal Quest Warrior. That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Between Jada and Denise, um, yeah, I don't think either one of them have missed any of our gatherings. So, um, Um, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Can't get enough. That's awesome. So, okay. Well great. Jada, thank you for um coming on the air and uh and I just I just now yeah I realized that you were all um at, at May at the quest of May of fourteen. That was when you all met. Yes.
6: yes.
0: So yeah. You see and it keeps on going. <laughs> cool. Yes. Well Jada, thank you right. so much thank for you your for... for your question. Okay. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me. Okay. <laughs> So um, if anybody else wants to have a card drawn, um, please just press 1 on your keypad. And um, if you're on the computer, then you have to call in first. And that number is 917-889-8292. And then once you're in, press 1 so that um, we're aware that you want to come on the air. Um, And if, if... if um if you press 1 and and we don't see you, just try again, okay? <laughs> so I am just I'm just so proud of you two. You have really seen this through. Um not only completed it, but masterfully. You know, um a lot of people complete things and might not be as quite as masterful as what you have done, but I just I just love it. Um yeah, and the, the the plants especially <laughs> Um, I, I was listening to you and and uh, you know understanding and really getting what you're saying and I I think about um some of my plants in the sunroom and it's like oh those poor things. <laughs> I don't have much of it. they they're not herbs I mean but it's like all I can all I can grow is christmas cactus because it's so it's so hot and dry out there. But we <laughs> um are, we're about to have another uh a caller with a um a question here. So, uh, as soon as uh, as soon as Jada gets with them, then we'll bring them on the air. Okay. Um, okay. Maybe she's already done. Okay. Yeah. This is um, Joanne. So I am going to open up your mic. Hello, Joanne. You are on the air with Sarah and Ashley. Hi, Ariel. How are you? I'm doing good. Um. I love plants,
6: and I'm really excited um, to hear about the cards. Um, I was calling to get a general reading. Okay, awesome. Okay.
2: Okay, so I'll just shuffle here and tune in. Ah, okay. So, Joanne, for you, I just drew uh, the plant Spilanthes, um, which Spilanthes is a really sort of – it's a curious plant. I don't know if uh, if you've ever had any experience with it, um, but you know I grow this plant in my garden, and it's it's wild because if you it has these little tiny little uh, once again very unassuming flowers, but if you put one in your mouth, um, <laughs> they it just your mouth explodes with this intense tingling sensation uh, that turns into numbness, and it's actually used for toothache. And so, yeah, so I've Ann- heard of this. <laughs> ah, okay, yeah. Um, so, you know, um, so Louise Hay, who I just love her and how she connects, uh, you know, physical ailments with our emotions and our, our thoughts. And so she really talks about the teeth being related to our decision-making process. So if you think about, you know, you, um, you chew on something, you think about something. So the key word is decision. And the little quote is, once you make a decision, the universe conspires to make it happen. And that's Ralph Waldo Emerson. So when spilanthes appears to you, the moment calls for firm and decisive action. Um, the mouth represents our ability to both communicate and derive nourishment, and teeth represent our decision-making process. Um, so the time is ripe to make a decision in your life, to take a stand and commit to a position. Um, so this requires you to retrieve any energy that has become scattered maybe from too many projects or thoughts or uh, goals and things like that. And to me, the Spilanthes flower really looks like a target because it's got this yellow outside with a red center. And so that's kind of a signature, that's what I think of when I see it. So to me, um, Spilanthes really represents this idea of being on target and making a decision um, and committing. So. Uh, and then once you do commit, so chew it over, whatever it is, kind of chew it over. And once you commit, be prepared to defend your your decision with truth and honor. So sometimes when you draw spilanthes, it can indicate a quickening of communication. So you might be um, hearing from a lot of people or have several options available to you. Um, so I'll just read the last little paragraph for you. The saying, the pen is mightier than the sword, definitely applies to your current situation. Maintain integrity and truth with your words, but do not divulge secrets to unworthy ears. Your intellect comes into play as the swift winds of change move through your life. Great discernment is called for in a time that requires you to take a stand. Stay true to yourself and your highest ideals. Let truth and justice become your guiding principles, and there is no doubt that you will be led to higher forms of nourishment.
6: So that is your
2: message, joanne. Wow wow that's very it uh,
6: <laughs> it's very <laughs> relevant to my present situation, is it situation really? good. So thank you so much you're
0: welcome you're most welcome. Well, that's cool. Joanne, thanks so much for calling in. Thank you you're welcome and um we're going to we're going to have um another caller here in just a moment, but I wanted okay. to um reiterate because we are getting close to the end of the show, Um, if you do have um, a a question and we don't get to you, the website for um, the Herbal Healing Deck is herbalhealingdeck.com. So you can easily remember that. So um, just wanted to put that out there one more time uh, so that you can um, get your own deck and start working with it. So... um, Next, we are going to be talking to Jennifer, so let me get your mic open here. Okay, Jennifer, you're on the air with Ashley and Sari. <laughs> Ashley. <laughs> Ashla and Sari, where did that come from? <laughs> Sorry about that, girl. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I just renamed you. I like it. <laughs> with Sarah and
6: Ashley. <laughs> Hi, ladies. It's so good to hear the show tonight. Um, I've been to many of the classes. And uh, the last event I went to, we were able to get a sample card from you guys. And I can tell you, it was just beautiful. And the energy from those cards are amazing. So thank you for coming through with that and getting... Yeah. Um, Yeah, and I would just like a a card reading tonight. Um, I think just I'm going through big transitions. And so anything that can touch on that? Okay, definitely. Okay. Okay. So,
2: <clears throat> Jennifer, for you, I just drew Devil's Club, uh, which don't don't be frightened by that name. Um,
1: <laughs> it's <laughs> the the
2: central uh, the key words of Devil's Club is to reclaim power. So the reason why it's called Devil's Club is because the plant, if you ever see the plant in person, it's got these really intense spikes. So, you know, herbalists use the plant for any number of things. It battles chronic issues um, and the immune system. It really works with the root chakra. So that, you know, is a major energy center that governs survival, sustenance, family, and even ancestry. And I would add bloodlines for this audience. Um, so this plant helps you come into your power. Um, and the reason why, you know, it's, uh, it kind of has the... It's the oh, Okay, how can I explain this? Um, Devil's Club, ha, it's, I don't know if, if you're familiar with the, the tale of the Baba Yaga at all, but um, there's this little fairy tale that, and I, I get this version from the book Women Who Run With the Wolves, so Clarissa Pinkola Estes, mm-hmm. uh, tells the story of the Baba Yaga and Vasilisa. And essentially this little fable goes like this. Um, Vasilisa is a sweet little girl whose mother dies, her father remarries, and um, the, she's got the evil stepfamily thing going on. So her stepmother and stepsisters um, sort of contrive this uh, this story. They force Vasilisa to go into the woods and seek fire um, from the Baba Yaga. And the Baba Yaga is this wizened witch crone character who's a little scary, but she's not evil. And she lives in the middle of the woods. Uh, She's got, you know, her house sits on chicken legs. Um, She's a a weird lady. She decorates with fiery skulls. You know, she's kind of intense. And Vasilisa's family wants to get rid of her. And so they actually send her to the Baba Yaga as a trick in, in the hopes that the Baba Yaga will kill her. So Vasilisa is all sweet and she goes to the Baba Yaga, who provides a series of tests for her um, and which Vasilisa, using her intuition, uh, passes these tests. And so she uh, does these impossible tasks, gets the fire, and in good faith brings it back to her family, um, thinking that she's helping, but the fire actually... um, has a life of its own, a mind of its own, and actually takes out her family, takes out her step family, the evil uh, stepmother and stepsisters who were just using her. So that's kind of, uh, so Basilisa ends up kind of going from a doormat um, where, you know, she's being used by her family uh, into kind of a, she becomes sort of a warrior. So that's what this card is really asking you to do is, um, you know, Really don't shy away from your own power and, um, you know, make sure that if you're doing something, it's because you want to, not because someone else wants you to. So just to read a little bit for you, devil's club deals with power as it operates within your life. Many of us are unconsciously afraid of our own power, so we treat it like a devil. As a projection of everything we fear, we attempt to run away from the devil as an archetypal force of evil, and yet it is important to understand that you always have the right to claim your power. And I know Lavendar is big on that too, claiming your power. Mm -hmm. Um, So this uh, doesn't mean that you have to wield it over others for selfish reasons. It could be um, using your power for self-control or assertiveness or creative exertion or to help you become a better person so that you can, in the long run, give to others more freely once you've tended to your own needs. So this is really a sign to assert your authority. So I find that Devil's Club comes up if people are testing your boundaries um, or maybe if you're um, tempted to get wrapped up in somebody else's drama or distractions. Um, so let your intuition guide you away from people and scenarios that are wreaking havoc in your life. Or if anybody's like a crazy maker, <laughs> that type, or energy vampire, that type of personality, um, you know, just make sure that you're uh, you're you're standing in your own power. So like Vasilisa, you must toughen up and reclaim your power, even if it means the end or death of something in your life. But take heart, because it is very possible that the only thing which needs to die is your own friendly facade. Uh, So, you know, that old saying, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all, that does not apply right now. Um, So (laughs) just remember (laughs) that uh, life is never against you. It just wants to teach you. And sometimes, like the Baba Yaga's lessons of tough love, sometimes tough love makes for the best lessons. Mm
4: hmm
6: Does that make sense? Uh, Yeah. Uh, And so many layers in that as well. I'm definitely going to go back and listen to this again. (laughs) Okay. Hopefully I wasn't going too fast. (laughs) Yeah. No, no, Mm. no. Lots of information. That's the way I like it. But, um, yeah. Mm. Thank you very, very much. I really appreciate it, ladies. You're welcome. Good to talk
2: with you. Thanks for calling in.
6: Thank you.
0: Thanks, Jennifer. Bye-bye. Thanks, Ariel. bye Okay. Um, well, we have we have two questions left, and um, okay. o- only about uh, ten minutes at the most. So please uh, keep that in mind. Um, okay. We're going to be talking to Amber, and then um, Jada is going to um, ask another question for someone that um, is a friend of hers. So um, okay, we're going to talk to Amber first. So Amber, hello. You are on the air with Sarah. And Ashley,
5: hello
0: hi, Amber hey, nice to
5: talk to
1: you.
0: So, um, we can we're having trouble for, hearing you
1: um oh sorry um
0: you, do you have a question for them to pull a card for y- uh
7: no, just a general
0: just call. general okay,
2: okay, so you just want me to draw a card just for like a little general reading, okay, we
6: can do that. Okay. Okay.
2: Um, okay. So Amber, for you, I just drew the card Sycamore, um, and Sycamore is a tree, and it um, it represents in the herbal healing deck the subconscious mind. Um, so it's this idea, and part of why it represents the unconscious mind is because sycamore is known for growing along riversides and creeks and along water. So it kind of uh, it just perpetually stands in, you know, in its own reflection, contemplating its own reflection. Um, so the idea is that um, examine your life and just know that whatever is going on around you is a reflection of what's going on inside you. Um, so, water is also a symbol for the it's a symbol for the subconscious mind as well as the emotions. So, this provides a lesson to glean wisdom from deep within yourself. So, this is asking you to examine your feelings, and um, it's sometimes helpful to see you know if your feelings to imagine if your feelings were water, what would they look like? Are they calm, like a mountain lake, or are they flowing really fast like a river? Um, are they stagnant, like a bog? Um, So this is just really asking you to, like I said, go within, um, acknowledge your part as a creator in your own life. So if things are going well, um, you know, just give thanks that you've been fortunate enough to heed your inner guidance. But if things are not going your way, this is asking you to accept responsibility um, that in some way you've chosen this reality, even if it wasn't a conscious choice. So this doesn't mean passing judgment or beating yourself up or anything like that. It just, it's just a way of asking yourself, okay, instead of um, if you're kind of feeling a little bit, run through the ringer of life, um, just consider what you might need to learn from any challenges that arise. And um, another thing, things to help, sort of practical tools to help you through if you are going through challenges, um, one thing is just getting into water. So drawing this card means you just might need a good salt bath, really. Um, to you know, And salt, I mean salt, water is so, um, it's, it helps you get in touch with your own intuition. So if you are having issues, you know, getting in a bath might really help you sort of sort things out in your mind or just taking a swim, um, and paying attention to your dreams. That's another big way to recognize subconscious patterns. So, um just understanding, looking at if you remember your dreams, um how are you feeling uh about them and notice if you have any water in your dreams, how that appears. Um so <clears throat> one final thought, I'll read once again. I'll just read the last paragraph. Sycamore is connected with Ganesh, the Hindu elephant god known as the remover of obstacles. So if you've drawn this card, or in this case, I've drawn the card for you, you can tap into the energy of Ganesh and ask him to remove any obstacles from your path. So Sycamore is here to help you move past all stumbling blocks created by your subconscious mind. So just honor this process and remember to see the beauty in yourself because you are as multifaceted and unique as Sycamore's bark, which the bark of the Sycamore tree is this beautiful thing. If you've never seen it, maybe Google it. Um so just know recognize your own inner beauty and uh and things will turn around soon. Does that make sense?
6: Yeah, thank you so much. That was very helpful. Oh.
0: Okay, good. You're welcome. Great. My pleasure. Great. Okay, Amber, well thank you so much for calling. Okay. Thank bye-bye. You for having thank me. You. bye-bye. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. Okay, so um we have one last um, person to talk to here, and this is Jada on behalf of um, Elaine. So, okay, Jada, go ahead. Hi, ladies. Um, hey, Elaine
7: Zalfinas called in. She was with us on the May of 2014 Crystal Quest. Yes, so she support. sends her love and good wishes mm-hmm. to you both. And she was not feeling well, so she couldn't speak. So huh? she wanted me to ask you, though, do you guys, when you're working with herbs and plants, ever charge them with crystals or Giza crystals ahead of time? Mm. Oh,
2: that is an awesome question. Thank you.
7: Um, yes.
2: In fact, yes. So since I got my hands on some Giza crystals, thanks to lavender, I have been, um, you know, I will put them, you know, I make tinctures on a regular basis. So I'll set them around or on top of Um, you know, the jar that I'm macerating the tinctures in. Um, Also, you know, this was something I didn't uh, get the chance to mention earlier, but um, people, you know, when we're working with plants, um, there's a lot of different ways to cultivate relationships with plants. And one way is to kind of treat them like our friends. And so one thing, one nice thing that we do for our friends sometimes is uh, we don't just like take, take, take everything that they offer us. We also give back. It's a very nice practice to leave um, offerings in nature. And this is something that, you know, for the starseed that go on the crystal quests and come home with all of these awesome crystals, um, you can, you know, plant them in your garden, put them next to a special tree and things like that. Um, so you can definitely uh, work with crystals. I think that there's a huge synergy between the mineral world and the plant world. And, you um, you know certain certain crystals even align with certain plants but quartz crystal is of course the universal um, and it can really amplify your healing remedies. In fact, now just to to clarify, <laughs> you can put crystals even in with your tinctures that you're making, or in your tea. Just don't drink it. Um, but don't do this with other minerals because certain min- minerals like malachite, you know, can be poisonous. But quartz crystal, it's safe to. Uh, of course, it might stain your crystal if you put it in with an herb or a decoction or a tincture. Um, so be mindful of that. But yeah, I think that they. Uh, they really do wonders to activate a plant's energy and I I personally believe that plants love crystals and vice versa.
7: <laughs> okay, great. Thank you so much for taking the call. That was a good yeah. question and a great answer.
5: <laughs> that was a cool. great question. Thank you to
2: Elaine. And yes. love to you. We yeah. I remember you for sure from the Crystal Quest and we
7: appreciate yeah. you calling in. Thanks. Well, Dad. Cool.
0: Cool. Thanks yeah, so much, thank you so much, Jada. Okay. Bye bye, sweetie. Bye. So that is all we have time for this evening and it, it worked out perfectly because we got through got through everybody's um requests. And um it's just been delightful and I can I can't wait to see these cards and I would really encourage everyone um because we know Ashley and and Sarah and they are very masterful beautiful beings. So, um get a deck of cards for yourself, get some for your friends, go to herbalhealingdeck.com and um uh, enjoy. So, thank you so much ladies. Um uh, I just can't tell you how proud we are of you and Aww, the accomplishments that you the Ariel. Work done. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people say they want to do something and they don't, <laughs> so you, know, you followed it through, and have done a, like Lavendar said, a world- class job. So bravo, bravo, bravo. Hmm. thank you so much, Arielle. Yes. You're you. so welcome, and I, I really encourage everyone to uh, pick up a deck and uh, get closer to nature. Star seeds, especially need to, um, to stay grounded. Um, And that can be a challenge, as you you all know, uh, for star steeds (laughs) to stay grounded. So getting closer to nature is the best way to do that, one of the best ways. So with that, ladies, we are going to wrap it up and say good night. And please let us know um, how the how the cards do, and and anything, you know, if you do any presentations or if you're going to be doing any appearances, let us know and you can come back on and um, make an announcement because we like to promote our star seeds who are doing such wonderful work. Okay, beautiful. Thank okay. you. Appreciate that. that. Excellent. So big hugs to both of you. Thank you so much for spending your time and knowledge and heart with our audience. And um, from all of us here at... Starseed Radio Academy we wish you a great week and um, hopefully the spring weather will uh, break out in more places on the, on the, in the country so enjoy that and remember count your blessings every day until next week everyone take care good night